Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening. Welcome. This is your host, Urban Lee of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can find more information about Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. Got my co-host, Scott, with me. Say hello, Scott. Hey, Irvin, how you doing today? Hey, man, good to see you, brother, as always. Got my good friend and brother James back with us today. Say hello, James. Hey, great to be here. Hey, man, thanks for uh, joining us again and making time for us. Let me anchor us in a prayer and the word of God. Father, we thank you that you are a good father. You're a good, good father. You have great plans for our lives. For those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction, We ask that you draw them near to you and let them know that you're not mad at them, but you want to heal them inside and out, Father God. And we pray that they find you now in Jesus name. Amen. Welcome, guys. We're going to jump right in it. We're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects. And Scott and I did a show on should pastors consume and drink alcohol. So. Pastor James, I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to cede the floor to you. Do you believe that the mighty men of God should consume alcohol? Well, uh, I don't know if I'll speak for all pastors, but mm-hmm. I can speak for myself. Okay. And just say from from my, me personally, yeah. me and my family, we have chosen not to drink any alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so we do not drink alcohol. And, uh, you know, Partially for us, it's just because what, how often do you hear of somebody saying at the end of their life, like, man, I'm really grateful I drank. You know right, what? Right. You know, that was really <laughs> a good, win for me. Good, right. And you just think, what what are we missing out? And yeah. what what are we trying to cope from Yeah. that really I should be going to the Lord with versus yeah. alcohol too? Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this on our last show. I know my, my family history. I know yeah. that there is addictions and uh, things that are there. And I personally, like I have a tendency to overdo everything I do. Yeah. And I love things being overdone, whether if it's a work project or something <laughs> that I'll overdo it. And there was this time that my, so especially I, I know I can overeat at times yeah. and I could over drink. <laughs> and so you think, well, take that into alcohol. That's right. a bad combination. Yeah. And there was this time, uh, my wife and I, um, we went, to the grocery store together. Yeah. And I saw one of those big, giant glass bottles of apple juice. Yeah. And it was like this just pure pressed apple juice, uh, organic, unfiltered, whatever, just like a gallon of it. <laughs> yeah. In a glass bottle. And I was like, oh, we should get this. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went home. This was before we had kids. And we uh, went to watch a movie. Uh huh. And I got out the apple juice. And then all of a sudden I started drinking it and right. just pouring another glass. Yeah. It was before the previews were over. I had <laughs> drank that entire gallon of apple juice and I got so sick off of it. I was like curled up in the bed, just crying. And I thought, now I don't know how to like do this. I think we got to go to the hospital right. with my stomach pumped. I'm overdoing apple juice. And uh, that's all I've done is, Drink yeah. regular apple juice. Oh, man. And then I was like, well, 
I need to I need to eat a whole loaf of bread to absorb <gasps> right. or something. So then I ate an entire <laughs> loaf of bread, and I was that didn't help at all. I right. was just in the hard right. box. I, I, right. used to, I used to do that with Jack Daniels, and then I would go, well, for every for every drink of Jack Daniels, I have a glass of water that right. balance it out. Right. Yeah. you know, and, and consume a gallon and yep. think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where did that go? That went that, fast. Yeah. <laughs> so now take that same mentality and yeah. give me alcohol. That'd be yeah. a terrible that, recipe for disaster. Yeah, you're looking and, at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're looking We've at two, you're looking road. at two guys. But I will say this: when I got into recovery, and then I got out of rehab, and I got back into life, I noticed what you just said. All of a sudden, I was addicted to sugar. Then I was mm-hmm. addicted to mm-hmm. working out. Then I said. You have to realize you are, you have this bend towards an addictive kind of personality. Yeah. And now I have to say everything in moderation because after you got out of, most people, when you get out of rehab, you tend to gain weight because alcohol has a lot of sugar in it. So mm-hmm. you have all these sugar cravings. So I was, man, cookies. And I had to like discipline myself and say, hey, dude, you can only have cookies on Saturday, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so we talk about that. And, you know, even within the church, most most of our listeners know what my vocation is. They know that we steward uh, some liquor stores. And so people say to me, well, you you sound like a hypocrite because you sell the stuff. And I always tell people, I don't sell it knowingly to pastors. Right. I'm like, I'm not soliciting any. And I know a lot of pastors and I'm friends with them and I work with a lot of them. I'm actively not trying to get you to drink. I always tell people if the guy who sells it, the guy who was addicted to it tells you perhaps you should stay away from it. You should. And my rationale is one, there's about 75, 76 scriptures. And on our last show, we went through a litany of them, but more than anything, and I'm talking from my personal experience I sat down in front of the Lord with the word of God and said, show me one time, Holy Spirit, that I made a good decision with one drink or 100 drinks. I sat there for a while and guess what? I cannot name one, whether it was the one drink or the hundred drink, and I had a hundred, so I yeah. can tell you. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, you've never drank a few, and then like, wow, that I was sure am glad decision. that that led to that amazing decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and we we talk about, and I'm going to use the word gateway. That I think alcohol, the enemy uses alcohol, and it's it opens doors mm-hmm. to all these other things, right? And I have been very honest uh, with everyone on the show is that, okay, when I was drinking, I was also doing three or four other sins, right? And they all just kind of, they worked in concert, right? Yeah. Well, and what I've recognized is that when you, after a few drinks, your guard goes down. Yes. Mm -hmm. And your spiritual guard goes down to what you allow in Yeah, and what you allow yourself to do even. And so, yeah, there's a, a, Maybe a physical guard, but your actual spiritual guard can be let down at times. Yes. And I always, we talked about it last week on the show, is the importance of our soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Mm -hmm. So if your soul, and I believe, and my experience has taught me that drinking alcohol weakened my soul. That means I was 
susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. Things that I did things when I was drinking that I would never have done without the drinks, right? Because at the end of at the end of everything, what I realized that led me to alcoholism was I was rooted in living in fear, fear of failure, fear of, of other people, fear of just, I had like a hundred forms of, of oh, yeah. fear, right? Just yeah. dominating me, not walking in faith at all, because honestly I have very little of the word and, and, in me so well, everything and, and was even about the, fear even the further we walked into our addiction right the, the more that fear became just all-consuming all-consuming I mean, it, it got to a point of i hated to turn my phone on yeah, yeah. right because i didn't know what the phone call was going to be or what the email was going to be or what text message did i send yeah i didn't remember wow. yeah. right i was living in a blackout all the time yep and, and you know opening a mailbox i mean mm-hmm. it was just constant fear you know yeah. you show up to a work meeting and hope this goes well i don't remember yesterday yeah well and as you're discussing about talking about that the drinking is simply the fruit of it Mm -hmm. but what is the root yeah what what is stirring inside of you that is actually saying i need this because of this uh so is it fear is it uh rejection is Mm -hmm. it like a an uncomfortableness about being alone whatever it is yeah what is that that is leading because that's just the fruit. What's the root? Yeah. yeah. And I know God wants to be there for you for that root and mm-hmm. he wants to heal that root. Right. And so we can, we may be delaying uh, a healing yeah. that God is wanting to give us yeah. by not going to him about that root. Say, yeah. Lord, I need help. I am fearful. And because I'm fearful, I keep doing this and this is just the fruit of it. But yeah. I need your help to deal with this fear. It's- it's interesting. I was reading my devotional this morning that I read was Oswald Chambers and it was, uh, for my most, for my highest. And, and he was talking about the concept of, or the question of, can we be made saints? And it was getting back. He kind of talks about legalism. Mm-hmm. But he didn't call it that, but the to do's versus do I know whose I am and who I am in that person? Mm-hmm. Right. And if I know who, who I belong to and who he truly is, yeah then I don't have to worry about all that other stuff. He's mm-hmm. going to take care of it. All those things I drum up of the fears of the story of who I tell myself I yeah. am that yeah. aren't real, right? Being grounded in I'm God's and I know who he is and I know he has a purpose and a plan for mm-hmm. me and trusting that. Yeah. Right. And I thought back when I was reading that this morning about, you know, step two talks about, you know, I believe in a power greater than myself to return me to my sanity mm-hmm. right? because on my own, I'm going to destroy my life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I'll be driven by my fears, my anxieties, my own, you know, desires that will lead me down paths that aren't good. Mm-hmm. And, but if I go back to him and be grounded in him, and I think back, you know, we've talked about, you know, Christ being the center of our recovery in, in that journey. And the way I read the Bible now versus how I read it growing up, you know, from Genesis to Revelations, you know, I saw an angry judgmental God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want anything to do with it, but I didn't really want anything to do with it because I was enjoying what I was doing. Yeah. And, and there are things I needed to be convicted right? That needed to change in me today. What I see is it's a loving father who's just given his kids time and time and time again, chance after chance after chance. Yeah. I'm finding a way to connect with you. I'm here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and if we stop running and just say, okay, I give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then all he does is just put his arms around you. Right. All right. Yeah. Let's get you out of the gutter. When we talk about a father like that, that is just so loving. Yeah. I can't help but to think of all the listeners that had a, a a 
physical father, yep. earthly father, mm-hmm. that was not like that. Yeah. And how much that impedes with their their way to view God, mm-hmm. because that's the way. If so, if the the dad was abusive or it would guilt them, how much more do we think? Well, I can't go to my heavenly father. Yeah, and we have to think like they are not the same at all. <laughs> our nope. sinful <laughs> earthly fathers no. are in no way the same as our perfect and complete heavenly father. Yeah, never sinned, never had any issues, yep. and so. We we need to like think through a different filter because mm-hmm. otherwise we'll just continue to be held back. And I I know like a lot of times the way people experienced the the earthly yeah. father is hindering the way that they're experiencing experience God, and yeah. also even the way they've uh, experienced their moms. Yeah, I, my my uh, just from watching my just watching like not. I have no facts about this. I yeah. just observed a lot of people in counseling. If they had a mom that wasn't the greatest, it actually hinders the way they see the Holy Spirit yeah. as the comforter that's there to help us and stuff. Mm. And so now yeah. we have these dynamics of our earthly parents that are holding us back yeah. sometimes because of our filter. But we have to realize in no way is it the same. Yeah. So well, I, th- I think we should sit there just for a second because a lot of times— in AA groups and those who don't believe in Jesus Christ. A part of it is I don't want to believe in this wrathful God who's keeping score and who's going to smite me. I'm like, well, no. Mm -hmm. And the other challenge has been in a lot of the way I grew up, right? Southern Baptist, black church, fire and brimstone, right? Man, man. Listen, they did a great job. Come they on put in the, and get your spiritual whooping. Man, they, <laughs> hey, when they talk about fear of God, oh, I, yes. didn't, I didn't associate free, fear with reverence. It was dread. Fear mm-hmm. with uh, dread, like, uh-oh, God's going to smite me. I lost how many times I rededicated my life. And uh, oh, man, life. you just, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, that, yeah, it's just, so, so touch on the importance of, I'm going to say it this way, being in a, a Bible confirming church where they pe- preach the full gospel, the full gospel, not just the, the fire and brimstone. Absolutely. And I mean, that's key. Whenever I'm looking at uh, even just church history mm-hmm. and seeing how it's, you can see different aspects of the Bible. Maybe uh, a nice way would be to say they won't, they emphasize on certain parts of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, a not nice way would be they left out a lot of other parts of the Bible. Yeah. And really, we are supposed to be looking at the the Bible in its entirety. Yeah. And so even even as we talk about salvation and grace, yeah. James says, and, it, and James, yes, but there's faith, too. Like, yes. Faith has actions behind it. Yeah. And so believing in Jesus isn't a fire insurance of for afterlife. Yeah. Believing in Jesus is I'm committing my life and therefore I'm asking Jesus to start changing my life mm-hmm. here on this earth. And so there's all of these aspects that we need to be looking at the Bible in its entirety versus uh, our personal, maybe nature desire. I heard a, gotcha. I went to a, a, a AA retreat. I was 30 days out of rehab and there was a guy that one of the speakers at the event who's in the broadcast hall of fame in Georgia was um, <clears throat> telling his story and I could relate to it a lot. And he grew up, uh, you know, 
uh, Georgia and, and the Bible Belt and, and a lot of the stuff we've all heard growing up. And he said, you know what I realized once I got into to recovery was that Christ didn't come to save me from hell. He came and opened the gates up and let me out because I've been living in it my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, now that I can relate to because yeah. that's what I had been living in. And I just didn't, you know, you can call it whatever you want. Yeah. But that's like, that's, that's what I have been living in. Mm-hmm. I already know what it's like. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's just a taste of it. Flip side of that is, is I could trust in Christ and let God begin to mold me. And as I do, and the blessings in life that come in the good and bad things, it's not everything's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gone through a loss of a father. I've gone through a divorce. I've gone through, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of bad stuff yeah. in sobriety, but I have found blessings in all of it. And, and to me, that's like a little bit of taste of what heaven's going to be like, mm-hmm. right? I can't have it all today, but I, I know what a little bit of hell looks like. And I know what a little bit of heaven looks like. Yeah. And I like this side a lot better. Yeah. And, 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 and I, that, that transformation's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always sweeter when I get to the other side of it, whatever it is that I've, I've grown and learned about me that I've had to refine. And I think the reason that we spend time talking, and I always say to the pastors and church leaders that we're just warning you from our own personal experience, right? And I want you to talk a little bit about this, James, the impact of the culture. And I always feel like, we should be impacting the culture, but sometimes it feels and looks as though the the culture is impacting the church and the church leadership. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say other than I agree. <laughs> like that we got to fix that because um, yeah. what what's shocking is uh, we should be the ones leading in yeah. the, the charge. Yeah. And when I look at areas, there sometimes the the church is uh, at times been stagnant in an area that culture takes over, and then the church ends up following the culture. Yeah, but we should have been the ones that uh, we look at equality. We mm-hmm. should have been the ones uh, pushing for equality more than any for yeah. age, gender, and race equality. We mm-hmm. we should have been the ones that have done that, and so, um. The way that we will get there is we got to be bold, but we got to uh, we got to read the scripture in its entirety, and yeah. not what. And uh, I'm thinking now, like how often something will happen in culture right now, yeah, and then suddenly everyone in culture is like, the church needs to say this, the church has to do this, the <laughs> yeah. church has to do that, yeah. And so my dad's the senior pastor at Gateway Church, and so. Uh, he says, like, I don't I don't determine what I preach on. Yeah. I never write a message and determine what I'm going to preach on. Mm-hmm. God good. does. And so I go every weekend and I say, God, what do you want me to share? On yeah. This? And good. so there are times where when culture is pushing for a message on something, he's like, I preached on that last year. Yeah. We're ahead of the game. Yeah. And then other times it's like, well, God told me to preach on this. Right. But whenever the, we submit our, our mouths and our bodies and— uh, all that we do to the Lord, mm-hmm. then we will actually start swinging the pendulum that then we will be able to start leading versus mm-hmm. that the culture start leading. Okay. that That's really good. And I, I want you as we kind of, we know we never really get to an answer on the question of should pastors drink or should they not. But I always say, and to all the guys I mentor through Hampton Ministries is, 
I try never to partake or do anything that is going to weaken my soul. And I mean that about the food I eat, Mm -hmm. the exercise that I have to take. Talking to a guy who really, despite playing football in college, I don't like to work out. Yeah. But I have to discipline myself. My body is the the home of the Holy Spirit, right? So we've got about a minute and a half before we go to the other side. So just, just, I guess, follow up on that a little bit for me. Yeah, and Paul talks about it and saying, like, basically, I'm not going to eat pork if it's going to cause somebody to stumble. I'm not right. going to eat that meat if it's going to cause somebody to stumble. And I'm not going, for me, I'm not going to drink if it's going to cause somebody else to stumble. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think what you're saying, I think uh, I've heard the arguments on both sides. Yeah. And I'm just saying uh, to every pastor, actually take some time and pray about it. Yeah. And really Get, get a word from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. of what's right for you in your life. Yes. Say, this is this is why we choose to do this, and then why why we choose not to do this, and be a leader, not just a yeah. allowing culture to, yeah. to dictate what you I do. I think the other thing, and this hit me this morning when I was reading the Oswald Chambers thing, was about understanding the grace that I've been given mm-hmm. and making sure that I that's what I extend out to the people around me in my life. Right? It's not my place to sit in judgment. Yep. I can share my experience. I can, I can share my strength and my hope. Mm-hmm. That's where it stops. And I need to let God do his part. In their lives. Well said, Scott. And we'll, we will talk more on the other side. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal. And the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. It's Irvin Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. We've been talking with my good friend and brother, James, today. James, is there anything you want to share with our listeners uh, around Gateway and what Gateway is doing in their programs to help uh, those who are suffering from all types of addiction and just those who are looking for a home and want to know Jesus Christ? Absolutely. First of all, Jesus loves you. God loves you so much. And we yeah. would love the opportunity to see you uh, at one of our services. And then as we are talking about addiction, I would strongly recommend, and you can go online for this. You can also come to our uh, services for this. Is yeah. We have this series of classes. And we're talking about, we've talked about discipleship. Mm-hmm. And it really starts with some of the foundations. Yeah, And then it, it talks about, your your understanding of that God owns it all and that we get to be obedient to him yep. and that the Bible has all authority and uh, the way that God sees us, the way that we see God and how that filter may 
may be actually leading to some of your actions that not, mm-hmm. aren't actually right. Yep. But then going in next, uh, we have some freedom classes, mm-hmm. and they are just so powerful, talking about inner vows that we might have made, yep. um, generational iniquities, and really breaking some of those ties in your life to help you see the freedom that you're looking for. So I would strongly recommend everyone to kind of go through those course of classes, and then it leads into the freedom classes. And I would like to just say thank you, James, for blessing our ministry. From the day I have met you, you have been an extreme blessing to not only my life, but my ministry, my family, and the work that we aspire to do for the Lord God. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.